0: 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, and reading onwards. The Apostle Paul tells us, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know the Lord will bless that reading of his own word, but let's just bow again in the word of prayer and settle our hearts before him. Father, we thank you for the songs that's been sung unto you. We thank you, Father, for the, the music and the singing of Rebecca and Sarah. We thank you, Lord, for them. We thank you for the ministry. We ask you, Lord, that you would now take your word. And, Lord, that you would wing it home to every heart, that you would encourage your people, that you would strengthen them this evening. And, Father, if there's one that's not saved tonight, has found themselves out here in a cold night like this, we pray, Father, or this night be over, that you would save them by thy grace and bring them to the cross of Christ. Lord, if there's one backslidden in their way and, Lord, has fallen to the wayside, we pray, Lord, you'd draw them back with cords of love. May they realize their need of you and come back to the Father's house via the cross and repentance. And so tonight, Lord, Lord, touch my lips with a life cold from off thine altar and help me, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth, and speak well of thy Son. For he alone is worthy of the praise, the honor, and the glory. And Father, it's in his name we ask it. Amen. The Apostle tells us this evening in our reading, first of all, he shows us the preaching of the cross. Secondly, he tells us of the preaching of salvation. And thirdly, he tells us of the preaching of Christ Christ. Crucified, If you will, you have your Bible. Look with me, please, to verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. There it is, the preaching of the cross. You know, sometimes we think of the cross and we think of the lovely little symbol that's two pieces of crossed wood together. Or maybe it's a piece of jewelry that someone hangs around their neck and there we are, there it is, the cross. But really to the people living in the days of Christ, people living in the days of Paul, you find that the cross is a torture implement. It is an instrument used by Rome that is of the most callous of instruments. It tortures a man. It tortures the person that is crucified until they die a slow death. And tell you even the day that they crucified the Lord Jesus, that they would have hung even longer, that is those on the left hand and those on the right hand side of Him, if they had not got their legs broken. Some people were known to have been hanging on the cross, crucified for days, in agony, unable to breathe. We speak in this day and age and we hear from the, the cry of Black Lives Matter, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, after the man George Floyd and how he cried that when he couldn't breathe. We hear of people unable to breathe with COVID-19 and uh, they have a restricted airways and uh, they struggle to breathe, I can't breathe. Well, on the cross, they couldn't breathe. Their arms stretched out wide with their feet nailed to the cross. Their hands, their wrists nailed firmly in place. They sagged and they were unable to exhale. And then they would pull themselves up with whatever strength they could muster to take in a sharp inhalation of breath. Short and sharp and unable to exhale, the carbon dioxide would build up within their lungs. It was burning, it was hard, and it was torturous. And the two thieves, they deserved to be there. They were sinners. They were robbers. They were thieves. And according to the law of the land, they deserved for that punishment. And there they hung, and they were struggling to breathe, and their legs were broken. And that would hasten them on to their death the Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He was unworthy of that death. There was no fault found in him. And here he hangs between heaven and earth, and here he hangs between thief and thief. And here as he pulls himself up, he, we find that he draws in the breath he needs. And struggling to exhale, he cries the seven words or the seven sayings from the cross. And we read of those in the Gospels. And because of this, we see how torturous an implement of the cross would be. And Paul says in our reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 18, for the preaching of the cross, notice. Takes your mind to the implement itself, takes your mind to that cross of wood. Some say it was a crossbeam nailed to a tree, some say it was planted in, into the ground as a crossbeam. Either way, it takes us to this implement on which our Lord Jesus Christ died for us. Even in the laws of Israel, it said, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And here the Lord Jesus Christ became the cursed, the cursed one. He took the curse of our sin. He took the curse of the law that was against us. Every ordinance he fulfilled and he took upon his own body on the tree. Your sin and mine. But here's the thing, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Notice the difference in two peoples. There are those who are perishing, and there are those who are saved. There are those who are perishing. The word perish is the word apollomai. And it means to be put away. We are separated from God. Gives the idea of Israel put away in punishment. Separated from God. Gives the idea of you and I separated from God because of our sin. Gives the idea of being sent far off from his presence. And here we find that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Foolishness. The men and the women in our everyday life. The person in your home. In your family. Person in the place where you work. In the street you walk down. The unsaved. The man and the woman who does not know Christ. When we mention the cross. They find its foolishness. The preaching of the cross is to them that are perishing. Foolishness. The word there. The preaching is the, some think it's a word for to evangelize, to shout out, to cry out like John the Baptist would have cried, as the prophets would have cried, as the apostles would have cried. But the word here in verse 18 is different. Preaching is the word logos. And if you've heard it before, brother, sister, it's because you read of it. You read of it in John chapter 1. And verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning was the Word. The word, Word there is logos. In the beginning was the logos of God. That is none other but the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. And Paul strangely uses it. Lugos means to speak. Lugos means, it gives the idea of a concept, to speak the thought, to speak the mind. And every time we see the person of the Son of God, The Lord Jesus Christ, He is the Logos in flesh. He is Son of God. He is the Son of Man, very God of very God. And He came all the way from glory and He stepped down into this world that He might be the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Here, Christ, when we read about Him in the Gospels, He is the mind. He does the will. He is the very word of the Father. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me, he says. He came and he is the full volume of the book of God. He's a full volume of the word of God. He is all that the law and the prophets have said. And here it's strange that Paul uses... In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the preaching, the logos of the cross. The word of the cross. All that's entailed in the cross. Every thought about the cross of the man and the woman's mind. At the time of the crucifixion. They knew of the barbarity of it. And here Paul saying everything... Did ye hear us speak about the cross? He says, you who are perishing, you say it is foolishness. It is foolishness. The man and the woman far away from God, the man and the woman unregenerate and in their sin and in their trespasses, who know not Christ, they say, preaching the cross and all it entails is nothing But foolishness, the word foolishness here that Paul uses is the word moria. Moria comes from the word moros. The word moros is where you and I get our word moron from. It's moronic, they say. Go to Belfast City Centre. Go into Portadown. You don't need to go too far. Go into the estates and into the towns. Go to your workplace. Start talking about the cross of Christ. The logos of God and speak about him. Speak about his sacrifice. The son of God who loved me, Paul says, and gave himself for me. And they'll say it's moronic. They'll say it's moros. They'll say it's nothing but stupidity. Friend, but it says also in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved. But unto us which are saved. It is present tense. It is tonight. It will be tomorrow. Present tense. It is the power of God. It is the dunamis of God. It is where we get our dynamite. It is the dynamite of God. In the preaching of the word of God. In the preaching of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all that it entails. And all that he hath done. The world is perishing. And they think we are moronic. They think the message is for morons. But friend tonight unto us which are saved we say it is dynamite. It is the power of God on the salvation. I can tell you, friend, this word with the power of the Holy Spirit of God when He takes His word. One old Puritan once said this, and he said, The Holy Ghost rides most furiously in His own chariot. The Holy Ghost rides most furiously in His own chariot. And this word of God is the chariot of the Holy Ghost. And when it is preached in power, there's dynamite that raises the dead, raises men and women from death unto life, brings them from the power of darkness into the light, brings them from the power of Satan into the kingdom of God's dear Son, the Son of the Father's love. I can tell you tonight what you're hearing is nothing short of miracle working power because we preach the logos of the cross. All that God said about it has been done and accomplished by the word of the Father made flesh. The Son of God who stepped out from eternity and became flesh to bleed and die. For a sinful, filthy, guilty, hell-deserving wretch like me. Oh, give glory to Christ alone. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Where is the wise? Where are the, the scientists? That's all we hear recently. We have to go by what the experts, the scientists say. Friend, and we, we appreciate them. But I can tell you, the same scientists would also tell you this world was made by a big bang. They'll tell you that this world, billions and billions of years ago, was formed out of nothing. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where's the disputers of this world? he says, the men who want to blind you with science and men who want to blind you with intelligence and They want to come and try and pull as it were and extinguish the simple faith in Christ, the simplicity of the cross of Christ. Oh friend, God says, well where are they? They' science, Their intelligence does not stand in the simplicity of God. For God in his weakness, as it were, is still stronger and still greater than all of them. Friend, notice he says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? The word here for foolish is the same. Moria from Moros. Has God not shown the moronic ways of this world? Science has to keep changing and evolving, like they say we have from mud puddles and monkeys. Science has to keep changing its mind and it's made mistakes and it evolves into something else over and over and over again. And they tell us, oh, you believe with all your heart a book that's been written by men when they talk about this word. Friend, I'll tell you, they are reading books written by men and they're saying that they are believing it and they're found false at every turn and on every occasion. But this book... This book, this book is the Word of God. And this book is forever settled in heaven. And this book will never change. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? The word world there is cosmos. The floating mass, it means. The floating mass of thoughts and deliberations, the floating mass of opinions and all man's wisdom and ideology. It says all the floating mass that man looks for and trusts in every day of his life, that woman looks for, he says, God has made it moronic. Friend, that seems like strong language. But I can tell you, I trust God with all of my heart. I just don't believe in God. I believe God. And I believe him for everything. He said. Do you believe, honestly believe, that a great fish like a whale swallowed Jonah? I do indeed. I do indeed. 100% I do indeed. And if this word of God told me that Jonah swallowed a whale, I'd believe it. Because God can do the impossible way past our finding out. God is able, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Friend, I can tell you, here we have the preaching of the cross. Secondly, quickly, we have the preaching of salvation. The preaching of salvation. Verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God. The world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. To save them that believe. There it is. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Notice it pleased God. By the foolishness of preaching. Not foolish preaching by the way. But the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe their salvation. We preach salvation. We think of the man we mentioned a few minutes ago, Jonah. We think of him in the belly of a whale, three days and three nights, and he says, "Out of the belly of hell cried I, and the Lord heard me." You see, friend, there's nowhere too dark. You haven't went too deep. Neither have you went too far, where God cannot hear the cry. And the heart's cry of a man and a woman. Realizing they're a sinner. In need of a savior. And this man Jonah said. Salvation is of the Lord. None could rescue. None could help. He was lost to man. He was lost to the world. And he was in the bottom of the ocean. In the belly of a fish. And the Lord heard his cry. And the Lord. Saved. Jonah. From his predicament. Friend he'll hear your cry tonight. For whosoever shall. Call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. Notice here it pleased God. It pleased God. You know we think of pleasing God. How do we please God? Friend how could you please God? Brother sister. How could you please God? Let me just help you here for a moment. The word pleased here. It just doesn't. It's just not a word set in there to make it sound good. God was pleased. No. It was the idea that God was very pleased. For example, it's the exact same word when the Lord Jesus was being baptized in the River Jordan of John the Baptist. And the Spirit came down in the form of a dove. And the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved It means this one, he called the love out of my heart. And I am well pleased. Gives the idea of an overjoy. It gives the idea of a full satisfaction. And here Paul is using the exact same word. And listen to what he says. For it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. It pleased God God was fully satisfied when he hears of the preaching of the cross. And God is fully satisfied when he hears of the preaching of salvation to man and to woman, to every soul. God is pleased, friend, when he hears a man stand up behind a sacred desk and he preaches the cross. He preaches Jesus Christ and him crucified the Father is pleased because his Son is elevated. His only begotten Son is glorified. And the work of his Son is preached for salvation. Can I ask you tonight, are you saved or are you perishing? You see, we'll preach a cross, but we'll tell you of salvation, your need of a Savior. We'll tell you your need of salvation. We'll tell you your need to be born again. You must be born again, Jesus said. Friend, are you saved? Because we want to tell you, it's no good hearing about the cross. And it's no good hearing about salvation unless, third and final point, you know the Christ of the cross and the Christ of salvation And Christ's work on the cross. For it is in that, and in that alone, the Father is pleased to save them that believe. Do you believe with all of your heart? Notice verse 22. For the Jews require a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, Unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks a foolishness. Notice, here we have the Jews and the Greeks. And in the midst of all of this, my friend, in the midst of this time when Paul was, when Christ had given his life for us, in the midst of it all, we're told, the Jews, you see, they were looking for the night in shining armor. They were looking deliverance from Rome and Romans' occupation of the Holy Land, of the land of Israel. And they weren't seeing it in the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't seeing it in this man of Galilee. They weren't finding it. All they knew was the miracles, the loaves and the fish. And and some of them were being fed to the flesh and not to the spirit, for they saw not him. And they knew not him. They were looking for a champion. It's a stumbling block to think that this one, this one was not the one they thought he was going to be. It's a stumbling block to them. And to the Greeks, the Greeks were used to philosophy. They were looking for someone coming that would woo them with pleasant words, pleasant words that would tickle their ears and Clap them on the back and help them on their merry way like many of the prosperity preachers we hear today. They're philosophizing rather than preaching the cross. Stories instead of the gospel. And here we find them. We find these Greeks are saying for a man to bleed and die doesn't make sense. It's a height of moronicness the moronic thought of a man dying to save souls. You see, friend, when we think of it man's ideology and man's thinking, for example, in Great Britain, United Kingdom we have, we are symbolized by the great lion. United States, by the golden eagle. We think of Russia, by the bear. And we could go on, ravenous, be strong and mighty. That's what they represent. But a lamb? A little lamb he would bleed and die. One man that would die for the sins of his people. Friend, I'll tell you, the Greeks thought it was just moronic and foolishness. Listen to what Paul says in verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. I can tell you there's no other message whereby you can hear that you must be saved, but rather than Christ and Him crucified, and none other and none else, no other means, nor manner, nor method, but Christ and Him crucified. Here we have the preaching of the cross, that's good. Here we have the preaching of salvation, that's good. But here we have the preaching of Christ crucified. You could preach crucified to the two rotten thieves. The sinners on each side would do you no good. A million of them would do you no good. A million of the Sanhedrin would do you no good. Of the Pharisees would do you no good. Of religious holy men would do you no good. But one sinless, spotless Lamb of God, He came and He bled and He died that we might be saved. What other means and method will you offer on the day when you stand before the Father? What would you give? There's nothing you can offer for your soul. Fine friend, and I close with this. Thank you for your attendance and your attention tonight. We preach Christ crucified. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 10 it says, This is who I am. I trust I am. These people up here and many here like us. For we are fools. The word is moros. Want to call me a moron. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. 1 Corinthians 4 and 10. For we are fools for Christ's sake. But ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised, said the apostle. I finish with this thought. I'm more than willing to stand up and be called a fool by any man or woman. For the glory of my Savior, I'm more than willing to stand up and tell the world that I love and worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to tell them of the saving grace found in Him, to preach the cross in your need of salvation, and to preach Christ crucified, your only means of heaven. And I can tell you, friend, he says, but you are wise in Christ. The, fool, the world may call you fool. You may go to work tomorrow or maybe at home tonight or you might meet someone and they'll say you're foolish, you're stupid, believing in all of that stuff. I can tell you I'm okay with that. I've been to that side. I've been to the ungodly side and it near killed me and took my life and I would have went to hell. But God had a different plan. Now I'm wise in Christ. And here's the thought I'm wise in Christ and the word wise here it gives the idea wise within oneself. Wise within oneself. And you can tell me all the foolishness of the preaching that I've brought tonight and you can say look at him walking up and down there shouting and bawling and roaring and All the way, the way he's getting on tonight—he's a fool, he's a moron, a moron—and I can say, yes, I'm I'm willing to take it for Christ. I don't care. But see within me, see within this very heart and soul of mine—I can tell you, I'm wise in Christ. Within me is the Spirit of God, and I was there. When he saved me and plucked me, as it were, like a brand from the burning. And I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Are you wise in Christ tonight? Are you wise? Are you saved? Have you been to the cross? To find salvation in Christ and in Christ alone. I trust tonight, if you're a Christian and you've been feeling weak and maybe discouraged, you'll grasp hold of this truth. Deep within, the still small voice says, keep going. For lo, I am with thee, even unto the end of the age. Still small voice will tell you, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee still small voice will say comfort ye, comfort ye my people will tell you that you belong to Christ be wise in Christ be a fool for Christ and you'll find we're looking for Christ and his coming again, may God bless his word this evening to each and every heart, friend again I'm going to be standing at the corner if you're not saved and you're concerned about your soul, please come and see us. Please come and see me, and I'll talk to you. I'll pray with you. We'll point you to the Saviour. Look at the crowd tonight. It's powerful. Crowd tonight is mighty. It's cold night, and you're keeping your engines running to keep the heat going, and your battery charged, and whatever. And that's fine. And we're delighted to see you. But friend, I ask you. Christian, would you pray that souls will come to Christ, that they'll be saved and backsliders will be restored for his glory and honor.